You're listening to Optional Opinions, the only podcast made by average dudes for average Joes. So quit listening, Bernice. So we're here to talk about uh, House of the Dragon, episode four. Unfortunately, Kyle could not make it today. Um, So we will continue on without him and we will get some of his answers in for the next episode. Yeah. Episode four. Yes. Does it feel? It does not feel like we've been doing four episodes. When I was creating this episode, I had to like double check because I was for sure thought it was three, even though I have edited three. It's going by fast. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it usually does. Um, uh, It's always like exciting, you know, waiting. And then I feel like as soon as the episode ends... I'm always like, oh, come on. When's the next episode? Like, plus, I feel like, you know, it, it, we're, at, uh, we're at the fourth episode, which is kind of like we're kind of getting close to halfway. Like, we're kind of getting into the middle of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it makes me it makes me wish that I could watch all the episodes. Because, you know, they, they do like any good TV show would do and end on cliffhangers and keep you intrigued and everything. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good show. Yeah, um, I'm definitely enjoying it um, way more than Rings of Power, uh, but that's a different topic. Um, so, but I will tell you, I totally called it and when we did the first podcast, I said that Damon was going to try to marry the princess. And they, they, maybe they haven't gotten that. Well, yeah, he did. He asked the king to to marry her. So uh, you can basically call me a wizard. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, yeah, I was kind of hoping that it wouldn't be gross. Or that, you know gross things wouldn't happen, but they did. So, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know what I was really expecting. Um, but you know, I don't know. I like, it kind of makes sense because they're Targaryens and that's supposed to be there. Yeah, it was definitely, uh, they got their TVMA rating and that's for sure. They uh they weren't holding back. They're like, all right, we're we're TVMA. All right, let's uh let's just throw everything in it this episode. Uh huh. Well, it's kind of funny because me and Kenzie were actually talking. Uh, we when the scene where they're like going into the brothel, Kenzie was like, you know, I thought I, originally I was thinking we haven't uh there hasn't really been that much like graphic nudity or anything in the show and then this happens so <laughs> we stand corrected yeah it, it's been pretty tame up until this point yeah so uh i don't know i don't what uh did you have any just initial thoughts about the about the episode or um the whole? So I watched this almost four days ago. Do you want to? <laughs> what else happened? I don't remember. 
Uh, you're not supposed to ask me that question. Uh, That's what you were baiting for, huh? You were wanting me to. <laughs> Maybe. We're such good podcasters. We are very good podcasters, and we always remember everybody's name. We know exactly what everybody's talking about. And we definitely don't call the characters by the wrong name, <laughs> ever. Right. Yeah, I mean, the. I feel like that's mostly what happens in this episode, is that the synopsis on IMDb says, after Rhaenyra cuts short her tour of Westeros, Damon introduces her to the Street of Silk After Dark. That's kind of all that happens is like she shows up, uh, you know, she comes back. Um, Damon comes back. I guess that's, that's, you know, something Damon comes back and we're not sure. Cause we get another little time jump, but we're not sure if he's still kind of crazy or not, which turns out he is, uh, but he's spoiler warning. Again. Yeah, we we said that we didn't care about spoilers. I know, I know. Um, but yeah, it's like he's he is uh, he comes back like you're you're kind of there. You get that scene when he walks up to the throne and is like, yeah, and you're kind of wondering like, is he gonna declare himself king of the uh, stepstones and then just kind of walk out or is he gonna i was definitely not expecting him to pledge loyalty to uh to the king i was expecting him to i don't know i don't know what i was expecting him to do but not that basically (laughs) um so yeah it's that and then they talk a little more about rainier getting married and then uh yeah she's that's I think it's like that night. He's like, "Hey, come with me," and shows her all the stuff, and then uh, other stuff happens. Yeah, she looked suspiciously like um, the girl from The Witcher. I forget her name. Like when she dressed it up as like a, a boy peasant. Oh, Cersei. Yeah, I wanted to say Cersei, but I'm like, no. Am I just thinking of Game of Thrones? I think it's. <laughs> I think you're right. I think yeah. it is Cersei. Yeah, that, um, is, that is true. I mean, I again, literally it's like look the same, you know, like bright blonde hair, you know, almost white hair, uh, that like hidden underneath a peasant's outfit. Yeah, I, just, I literally turned over to Cassie and I was just like, didn't, when did we start watching The Witcher? <laughs> um,. But it was pretty good. And then they go to uh, the play and they watch how the, the peasants or the townspeople actually feel about the whole kingdom politics drama. Yeah. The whole time, uh, I was kind of expecting it to be like, this is, you know, this is like, oh, he's just kind of, he's showing her, hey, this is what people actually think of you. Yeah. Uh, like even you know, so yes, you do have a, the right to be queen, but just know like this is what you're up against, um, and that, I think that's kind of what he did, but also it was an excuse to take her out of the castle, I guess, um, which she liked. Yeah, she seemed to really enjoy. 
<laughs> which which I did not expect her to be so willing, to be honest. Um, but then I, I don't know, maybe you got this. I was left a little confused as to why he left so abruptly. Yeah. So, um, I was also kind of confused. Like I thought that it was just kind of a change of heart or whatever on his end. Um, but in the, in the, like they do it inside the episode. If you keep watching, and in the inside the episode, they kept saying that it was uh, because of impotence. And like, he just actually couldn't physically have sex. And that's, I don't, yeah. So, like, I guess that's why he was frustrated and left. Um, but it was, it was, I agree, it was very abrupt. And I didn't feel like that was very clear. No, yeah, because I would not have guessed that. If anything, I would have assumed that he felt bad about the situation, but still wanted to use her to like try to play for the throne. But uh-huh. that is not the vibe I got. So I'm glad you watched that because I didn't know that was a thing. It is a thing. And actually, uh, <laughs> it reminds me, uh, I think it was episode... Was it really episode three where they with the stag and everything? Yep. Um, so that inside the episode, Kyle was Kyle said, uh, "Yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, there's probably more a deeper meaning to it, but uh, I don't know. If you watch the inside the episode, they just pretty much straight up tell you, yeah, the king is a very uh, is kind of a superstitious person, and a stag, a white stag, is supposed to be." you know, a symbol of royalty. And so the, the fact that it wasn't a white stag that they caught for him to kill, um, meant that he was not, uh, he, he wasn't wrong in naming Rhaenyra as his heir, uh, because the whole thing was for Aegon. And that makes sense. Yeah, so like he was he was saying, "Oh, did I do something wrong?" Like, you know, on this on his birthday, it's this white stag, the symbol of royalty, is going to show up. Should I have named him heir? And then, it- so that's why at the end when he's talking to Rhaenyra, he said, "I uh, stumbled for a moment" or something like that. That's what he was referencing. Yeah, I think so. Gotcha. That makes a lot more sense. We should all watch that and just not say that we watched it so we sound way more yes. Yes. Uh, intuitive about these shows. Uh-huh. <laughs> way, more, way more insightful on stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so just anyone listening, don't tell any of the future listeners. So Right. I, I mean, that's mostly it. I remember, like, we finished the episode and I was kind of like, that was... Like, I was interested the whole time, but it was a lot of filler, you know, like it, it, I could, I could see, I was like, when this is a whole, you know, three or four season thing, I could see why, uh, I could see people being like, yeah, I mean, that one's fine, but really what you want to watch is, you know, the next one or whatever, like that, that's, that it's all built up to whatever. Yeah. Um, 
I I'm honestly yeah this this episode was definitely more of a filler. Um, it felt like, but I'm honestly surprised the king hasn't died yet. I know in the yes. last episode I said he was going to die in episode five, but I really thought it was going to be this episode. Yeah. Um, and I think if he doesn't die in five, that's got to be five, right? Yeah, I think five is right. I think, um, like next episode, there's going to be some kind of something that happens that kind of makes things a little more, uh, like the, the lines a little blurred between who's really in charge and, um, you know, who has, who has a key, who has a claim to power. And then the King is going to die. And, uh, and you know, and then it's going to set up, uh, or so, sorry. I think at the very, maybe at the very end of the next episode, possibly at the very beginning of episode five. Wait, next, next episode is episode five. So I think at the very end of episode five, which is the next episode, he will be dead. Yeah. That, I, I mean, if he doesn't, I feel like this show is just, I, I don't know. It feels like it might have a slight pacing problem. So after that, the king goes to to confront Damon. Yes. And like we were saying earlier, he, he asked to marry Rhaenyra. I had to think about her name for a second. <laughs> um, I think it's funny. I noticed that you know all the people in Rings of Power way faster than you do with this show. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I've read a lot more Lord of the Rings than I have Game of Thrones. Well, at least nothing in the prequels for Game of Thrones. Yeah. Well, I guess I have, like, been at a loss for certain names. Like, I remember I was trying to think of Theon Greyjoy's name in a previous episode. And, Uh like, after we ended it, I was like, oh, it's Theon. Oh, man. (laughs) Um, And... Because uh, I thought that maybe he was related to like the sea snakes or something like that, um, but I don't think that's the case. But yeah, I definitely am well, way more versed in the Lord of the Ring, Lord of the Rings lore. Um, but man, I I am like I know nothing compared to my wife. She knows like everything. That's insane. <laughs> she is a huge nerd. Well, there you go. Anyway, House of the Dragon with dragons. Um, I don't. I mean, like, yeah, there's not a ton to say about this specific episode. Like, I, it's mostly filler. It's mostly setup. Um, what did you think about uh, Rhaenyra getting uh, Otto Hightower uh, fired, basically? <laughs> Yeah, um, that was a pretty intense scene. I did not expect the king to need coaxing to do that. I figured he would come to that conclusion by himself, Um, especially after episode three when the king was trying to get Rhaenyra to marry his grandson, like, you know, like to betroth them. Like that should have been a big red flag to him. Like, hey, this guy might be a little too self-interested uh, to be my hand. Like he's he's lost all objectivity. 
Um, but maybe just because it wasn't super weird for the Targaryens uh, to do that kind of thing. Maybe that's why. But yeah, it definitely it definitely needed to happen. Although he is, I do really like his character. Um, he's definitely mm, self-interested <laughs> to the extreme. You're talking about Hightower? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, it's I, definitely... I, I feel bad for him. <laughs> it's definitely a little bit of kind of like not quite or not really it's a little bit conniving kind of like Littlefinger. Littlefinger is way more uh, you know upfront about being sneaky. Yeah, and I feel I like if Littlefinger not that far in it, but he's still like there's kind of hints of that. I feel like if Littlefinger and Ned Stark had a baby. <laughs> yeah where he's you know like mostly a man of morals and uh loyal and everything but also there's part of him that's like yeah I, you know i also see something to be taken advantage of here and i know that this would end up being good for me so it makes me wonder because it was i think his brother uh at the at the birthday party at the hunt, his brother was like, you need to make sure that the King uh, pronounces your grandson heir because he's, you know, because right now he isn't. And like the world is going to like, the world needs that security basically. And I wonder how much of that was, uh, or how much of him, you know, telling his daughter to go see the King, was a how much of that was just like I need to do this for my family, I need to do this for my house, or how much was it self-interested? Maybe that's the difference between him and Littlefinger is because he's doing it for the good of his house and for the good of the like his family, even though it's uh he's a little Machiavellian in, in that way. Whereas Littlefinger is just doing it for himself, pretty much. Yeah, well, Littlefinger doesn't really have a house. Right, that's of. true, yeah. Um, I mean, he created his own house when he was, he wasn't knighted, but he was like uh, titled sir or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like his character. I hope he's like not gone, gone. Um, but Well, in the preview, it sounds like he's not. I, I haven't like watched, gone, I don't watch yeah. any of the previews, so don't, don't spoil it for me. Well, you already did too late, man. Come on. It's the, the, if you if you want to watch the um, the inside the episode, I'm pretty sure the preview happens before that. Yeah, that's why I've never watched the inside the episode because I always turn off the preview. So I have to skip the preview in order to watch <laughs> the inside the episode. Man, this is so complicated. This is very complicated. It sounds like you should just watch the preview. Yeah, but I don't want anything spoiled. Like I'm already hooked. They don't need to hook me anymore. Like I just, I just want to watch the inside of the episode. Is that too much to ask? I guess. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think there's really a whole lot left. Uh, Rhaenyra got uh, betrothed to the sne- sea snake's son. Man, I am tongue tied. Lord today. Corliss's son. Is yep, it Lauren Corliss. I think. I think it's Lord. I had, I have no, Lord. Like, 
his his son. Oh, I thought um, his no, name was yeah, Lord. I'm pretty sure his name is Lord. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, something like that. Um, which kind of surprised me. I really thought she was going to have a stab at making a, a her own choice, like they left it in the last episode. And I thought she was going to try to pick uh, Kristen Cole. And I thought that was going to be a big, like, dramatic thing. But yeah, I, I thought it was going to be took two. The, he took the white, right? Is it yeah. the white or the gold? I think it's the white. The like, white, he, yeah. He took, either way, he took an oath to remain celibate, uh, yeah. which he already kind of broke. Not kind of. He, he broke. Kind of. <laughs> he 100% broke. Um, I think that's confirmed. Yes. Unless they said something different in the after show. No, they did not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh I I was kind of expecting that, but at the same time I think you know, that wouldn't necessarily move the plot along. And I think that's that's also how um like I, I think it shows a little bit of Rhaenyra's uh like her ability to be a leader and a politician because she was able to kind of plan ahead like she was able to kind of bargain with her dad and say okay i'll do this marriage out of duty but if i'm going to do this you need to do your duty and recognize that there are people close to you that don't have your best interest at heart um so i think like that was kind of a moment for her to be like hey you know, this isn't, you kind of like, fine, I'll do this. And I maybe even showing her dad a little bit, like I'm willing to, I'm willing to play within the realm of uh, possibility or I'm willing to, you know, play within these lines, but you also need to recognize like there, there are people close to you that aren't good. Yeah. No, it's definitely definitely a good call, um, and I'm glad that the king followed through with it because it shows that he does like respect her, and it's not just like a a meaningless title that he has for her, you know? Right? Yeah, which I think you know it happened earlier, where uh, I forget what I think it was the second episode that somebody when he named her his heir, he was uh, somebody was like, oh well you know, obviously it's just because you didn't have any male heirs. And he was like, why would you think that? And, you know, kind of was challenging him. That was uh, when uh, Lannister was talking to him. Yeah. Uh, at the King's hunt. Yeah. And he was like, well, why would you don't think my judgment was good that she should be my heir. And, um, all this. so I think, you know, he has moments of strength, but I think I, I saw it was a meme of, you know, like the three headed dragon with the two very like intense looking dragons and the one kind of dopey dragon. Yeah. It, the two intense dragons were Damon and Rhaenyra. And then the dopey dragon was the king, <laughs> which I don't think is completely true, but it like of the three, he is the most kind of like, yeah, what should I do, guys? Like, I don't know. This is a this is a real hard choice. Like, I think it's been good because it's made him relatable. But at the same time, 
at, you know, he the, almost the, seems like too relatable. Yeah, it's not something you necessarily want. Like, I feel like that's how he he is being king, kind of like how any of us would be king. Just like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure this out, man. Like, it, I know he's trying not making any super bold moves unless somebody really tells him. You know, that is something that like I've been thinking about like a couple of times, especially when he was like supposed to be betrothed to the sea snake's daughter and he was the only one that thought it was weird it feels like he's almost like you were saying like it's like how one of us would lead it's like it feels like he was picked out of a 21st century and plopped in there as a king and like he has all of like he thinks all the stuff is weird that we would think is weird but no one around him thinks it's weird (laughs) yeah well i think that's like that's part of it um i mean in fairness though like he he didn't marry her because she was twelve, but then he married Rhaenyra's like bestie, who was I don't know fifteen at the time. So it's it's not I I don't know it's not completely the same, but I yeah I get I definitely get what you're saying. Like he's uh he's definitely like it seems like he has more uh of our standards, I guess you would say, which is great for us and it makes him super relatable, but at the same time, just in the world of the show makes him a not amazing King because he's not being like, he's not super decisive on stuff. He doesn't really command that much power. Um, like everybody acknowledges that he's the King, but nobody is really like, <laughs> he's not loved or feared. It sounds like, you know, I, I would say, Yeah. I'd say he's probably more loved than feared for sure. Oh, definitely. Um, but yeah, I don't know if like, I feel like his court, he's not loved or feared by his court. Um, yeah. But probably by like the common people, like just based off of the play. I, well, then again, like they were kind of making fun that he chose her. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. you're probably right. Yeah, I think it's, you know, people are like, well, he's not a jerk, so that's fine. He's just there. Yeah, he's just, you know, there. He doesn't really bother me, so whatever, which um, I think is a good move for a king, like, now, (laughs) you know? But back in those times, if you're trying to... Wink, wink, nod, nod at Charles III. (laughs) Right. But if uh, if you're trying to you know, mate, like you're trying to keep a grip on power and maintain order and everything. I don't think it's ultimately going to be that beneficial, which is why I think, you know, most of this season so far has been showing us that Rhaenyra is actually really prepared to be a leader. And, you know, people might not see that, but we as an audience get to where, you know, she is fierce and independent and, all that stuff, but she's also smart and she knows how to make a deal and she knows, um, you know, she can understand people and she kind of knows how to manipulate people, um, in those ways. So in what ways? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I think that about sums up everything, uh, for this episode. I do want to talk about Lord of the Rings. Have you seen the newest episode? Yes. Okay. Um, so if you haven't, if you're not watching Lord of the Rings, you can feel free to, 
to stop listening. But I mean, there's a reason that they're coming out at the same time. And I think it's, uh, would be a little ridiculous if we don't talk about it at least a little bit each episode. Yeah. Um, so, and Kyle and I had talked last episode, I edited that part out, um, how we would like to like at least tail end a little bit each episode with the previous Lord of the Rings episode. So, um, I meant to text you that, but glad you watched it anyways. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so I want to hear your thoughts, um, because it's fine to me. It's not, it's, yeah, let me just hear your thoughts. (laughs) I think the show is visually amazing. Like really pretty show, uh, really amazing, like cinematography and uh, CGI is really good, and the practical practical effects that they've been doing are really cool. Um, I'm still, I mean, maybe what is this? The third episode of that show? Yeah, fourth? there's three out. The fourth one's coming out tomorrow. Okay, so yeah, so the third episode is out. And maybe this is just because, you know, we're very slowly getting into it. I'm, I've been really interested just because, you know, like, it's really cool to see Kaza Dune in its prime. Uh, and it was, you know, it's really cool to see just some, some of the other stuff and like the island nation, whatever it was called. Bravos? Is that a thing? Uh, Bravos is in Game of Thrones. Great. Uh, <laughs> about the Lord of the Rings place is, um, oh, wow. You were just telling me I'm so good at pulling names out for the Lord of the Rings. See, <laughs> what's the Lord of the Rings place that we visited that we thought was flooded? Lord of the Rings place we thought was flooded? Yeah, we thought that it was past, it flooded in the show, it's but then we island. went to the place. The, what? Numenor. Numenor. Thank uh, you. Ah, right. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I mean, just like, seeing that it's just a really cool place. Um, the Harfoots are kind of fun, which I didn't realize the Harfoots aren't in the books, right? No. Um, the Harfoots, the Hobbits don't exist until the third age. Um, it's like, they don't, they don't basically pop up until, um, the Hobbit book Uh is written. Like they're, they're not mentioned like at all. So it is a hundred percent fan service that they put in the hobbits or the Harfoots. Uh-huh. Um, so it's, I don't know. They're kind of jerks. Like what? I did think it was kind of funny. They're like, Oh, we're all, you know, we all got, we all got to stick together. And it's like, cool. Also, if you fall behind, we're not stopping and we're not waiting for you you're just expected to either keep up or die. Basically. They literally chanted for like five minutes of the movie. I kid you not. It was like five minutes where they're just like, nobody walks alone. Like, and nobody goes off trail or something like that. And it was just like, Oh my gosh, can you, we get it. Can you get a little more creative with your chance? <laughs> um, and, and then literally like the father's like, Oh no, Harfoot's been left behind. They literally were leaving them behind and they were naming people that they've left behind. These people are terrible. 
I don't know if it was supposed if it's supposed to be more of like a left behind meaning like we've had to leave them behind because they died or if it's truly like a left behind because they couldn't keep up. I don't know, dude. They're giving a lot of vibes of leaving you behind because you can't keep up with uh, with uh, the I forget even the female Frodo's name. Ori. Um, Ori, yeah. Like they they're leaving her family behind with and the her best friend. Like she's all by herself, and they are leaving her to pull her own cart all by herself at the back. These people are jerks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but anyway, it's like so. It's a really pretty show. I I'm not as interested in it as I am uh, the House of the Dragon. I think partially just because it's. This one's a little bit of a slower burn. And also, like, they're just different shows. Like, the House of the Dragon is way more into the kind of political intrigue and, like, vying for power. And I think uh, just Lord of the Rings in general is a lot more cut and dry. This is the good guy. This is the bad guy. Like, you know. This is Sauron. He's the bad guy. He's the evil lord. These are the orcs. They are also bad guys. They do the work of Sauron. And that's pretty much it. Like, these are the elves. And you kind of get, like, yeah, the elves and the men are fighting because they're proud about whatever. But, like, there's not really much tension, I feel like, outside of that. You know, like, you, you still get the, like, oh, you're not welcome here elf but we don't have i honestly i don't as just a viewer i don't see a huge reason why that conflict is happening i'm sure you know as a nerd (laughs) but yeah yeah they that is my biggest critique with this uh film like like you were saying gorgeous it is stunning like the cgi they did not spare any expense until they wanted uh, Ed from the Lion King to come in. Uh, Wait, but, when did that happen? <laughs> oh, the, that's right. That's right. I yeah. Remember. Yes. <laughs> um, they literally like they just like well, let's just make them three D, and they like took them from the live action <laughs> Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways. They are like almost depending that the viewer knows what's going on. They're not explaining anything. And I'm even having a semi-difficult time following everything that's happening. Um, and I know this stuff better than most people. Like, I like I I don't know what they're doing. They're not explaining anything. Like they just were they casually mentioned uh some of the like lower tier gods by name they like they don't explain it they they talk about the silmarils um which don't have any real meaning to anyone outside of like people who've read the appendices and the silmarillion like they're they're just unless they have like some sort of payoff like they they're not they're not setting it up even for a payoff. I don't understand how they expect people to track with the show. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think, I mean, my guess with that stuff would be it's kind of trying to be fan service. But like it, it sounds like, and I mean, I haven't read it, so I don't know. But it sounds like it's somebody who read it once, or like you know, heard about the Cimmerian uh, and all that stuff, and was like, oh, here we can we can name drop these people, and people will get excited. They'll, like they'll be interested. And yeah, instead, what's happening? Is- like instead, what's happening is. They name dropped him, and everybody's like, "Cool! Why does that make sense?" Like, I think that's the that's the difference between. But it's not just fan service. They're not just name dropping stuff for fan service's sake. Like, it's like crucial to the storylines. Like, like point. Like, there's lots of stuff that's like that that they're just not explaining. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they'll explain it later. I guess. But I don't they know. have like what eight episodes, and they're already three in. Like they don't, they need to use their time more efficiently. Yeah, I think I think part of it is they're kind of banking on. I could see them being like, yeah. I mean, again, like what I said when we first started talking about it, I could see them being like, yeah, the super nerds are going to be mad about it because it doesn't really make sense. But the like we this is being made for a larger audience. Of people who watched the movies, liked the movies, people who are interested in House of the Dragon, and this is something we can market to them as like, hey, did you like that? Here's also this with a cool fantasy story. Um, like, I don't think they're super concerned about how everything fits together. Um as long as they well, can, you can you can say that again because they are changing <laughs> a lot of. Uh, they're changing a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, I I think that they don't like. They're not counting on, like you said, like they're not counting on people who are uh, super knowledgeable about the books. Like that's not their main fan base. Um, which I mean, I guess is kind of smart because I feel like. People who love the books, even like, you know, the people who don't like the movies because they're not part of, like, they're not accurate enough to the books. It's kind of like, like those, that demographic is so small. And also, you're never going to be able to please those people. Like, you know, you're never going to be able to make a show that absolutely. I mean, did he though? I thought you said that there are people like the. Uh, J.K. Rowling is, or not J.K. Rowling, the <laughs> the, Jared, the Tolkien estate like hates the movies. Yes, there are. There is a very very niche uh, set of people that really wanted the twelve pages of poetry that they do at the 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 fellowship council and like the first uh, the the fellowship. Um, they wanted those read. Like, there's there's stuff that you can't put into a movie like it just it's not you cannot have a perfect adaptation and i totally get that and i don't want to listen to a half hour of poetry being sung by all of the elves um <laughs> so it's like you're never gonna you're, there's definitely gonna be purists and like to to some extent you're never gonna be able to please everybody but to me it doesn't seem like they're pleasing anybody yeah, well, that's what I was kind of saying. I think they're just kind of in this middle ground of trying not to get too nerdy for the people who just kind of started watching. Is like, oh yeah, this, you know, this sounds kind of cool, 
but they're not being like in not trying to trying to be not that in depth with stuff it means that they're leaving out you know plot holes and everything just because i'm guessing they think that people aren't going to be able to follow along so i don't know what i will have you say what do you think of this um so on imdb i just noticed something in in the quarter for the house of the dragon it used to be the number one most uh i guess searched thing on imdb and it recently i don't know how recently but it got overtaken by rings of power so now i mean that doesn't surprise me i mean amazon has a much wider uh i think they have way more subscribers um than hbo does i mean yeah that's true because amazon like prime video comes with a prime subscription so yeah um so that makes sense and i think people you know it's just also the thing that is coming out so people are interested uh do you want to know what number three is Number three most IMDb searched. Yeah, currently. Um, what? It is She-Hulk. Oh, jeez. Number four is Game of Thrones. And then number five is Devil in Ohio. I don't know. I've never heard of that. You don't um, know Devil in Ohio? No. Neither do I. <laughs> it moved up 36 spots, though. So Good for them. Yeah, there's, there's something. But... Um, Ring of Power is at a 6.9 rating. House of the Dragon is at 8.8. And yeah, She-Hulk is at 5.0. Yeah, I was thinking about watching just the episode where Charlie Cox is in She-Hulk and just watching that. <laughs> is he is he going to be in it? Yeah, he's he was in the most recent episode, I think. I saw some footage of him, so huh. I assume he's in it. Uh, maybe it was just a trailer. Uh, for the next episode, but he's definitely in it. Uh huh. So, but yeah, um, this show, I just, it, it feels, which I know is not the case. It just feels like there wasn't a ton of thought that was put into this, which I, I don't know. It just seems sad to me. Um, cause there is so much good material and did you die? Um, like I have no problem with them adding stuff. Can you hear me now? <gasps> yes, I can. Okay, were you talking? And then, like, what happened? Uh, you started to say a sentence, and you were like, "I don't know." It does it. It, it seems like they didn't put uh, too much thought in okay. it, which I know isn't true. But then it seems, and then it just stopped talking. All right. Um, I'll just I'll just restart from there. So great. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like they've put that much thought into it. But like, I know that they did because they've spent like year or yeah, I think it's been years. They've had the rights for a couple of years now. Um, and there's there's such good stories in the Silmaril and the appendices that they can draw on. And they're changing so many arcs in there unnecessarily. Like like they it wouldn't affect their current story that they're trying to tell at all but they're just changing it to change it it feels like and i think well that's part of the problem with this i think is that there's i wouldn't be surprised if there's kind of too many cooks in the kitchen and like because you know amazon's spending a bajillion dollars on this uh on this tv show th- like 
all the writers, directors, different people are like, you know, I, I think Peter Jackson could do the movies so well because like, yeah, he had to answer to a studio, but at the same time, like he was the director for all three and he was, he was able to have control over everything. Whereas I wouldn't be surprised if for this, you know, everything has to go through executives and, you know, we want to make sure that everybody, that this is a widely approachable show and that people are interested in it. Like all kinds of people would be interested in it. And I think in making a, in making a show for everybody, they're making, they're starting to make a show for nobody because they have little elements of like, uh, you know, fantasy stuff. But then the nerds are kind of mad because there's, big plot holes and things don't add up in terms of like the timeline and they're changing stuff. And then the casual people who are watching it are kind of like, they're just confused because they're like, well, why is this happening? What's going on? They're not doing a great job of explaining it. And then the people in the middle, like me are having a great time because we're kind of following along, but we don't have enough knowledge to be mad about what's happening. But we also have just enough knowledge to be able to kind of follow the story and just kind of sit uh, sit with it as it goes. And be like, oh, that looks nice. Yeah. Um, so I think that, yeah, you're, you're 100% right. Um, but it, it's, I will say, like, I don't know if this is considered spoiler because they're changing so much. I don't know if this is actually going to happen. Um, but initially, I thought the timeline was way more messed up than it is um, until this last episode when we got to Numenor. Um, uh-huh. In the first episode, they showed a city flooded, but it looked like it was supposed to be like they were showing the history of like Morgoth and everything. And a flooded city, Numenor gets flooded in the books. And so we, my group of friends that I've been watching this with thought that we were past that point, the, the Numenor flooding. And, and then we get to Numenor and we're like, wait, what? Like, so, and it, 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 that intro did not seem like a prophecy flashing forward of like, here are the things to come. It definitely felt like a, here's what's happened so far. Uh So that's a little, like, we don't really know what (laughs) that shot was but um i am excited because i do hope they show the flooding of numenor because that would be visually insane and like i would i just i want to see it um so i hope we get that but i'm not i i have no clue they're changing just so much of everything <laughs> uh-huh. um so and then like like i said like i was saying it's sad because like there is so much stuff like, cause the appendices and like the Silmarillion aren't so much like a story as more of like a history book. And there's so much like detail, like there's so much things in between events that you can fill in and like add your own like flair to it. But it just seems like they're not, they're not choosing to do that. Like, like I, I don't know. The, the decisions just don't make any sense to me, but <laughs> all that to say, I hope we see the flooding of Numenor. Great. Well, uh, so. I feel like we should name this segment. Anyways, every time we should name this segment, Brandon gets mad about the rings of power, and then me and Kyle 
probably just me can talk about, yeah, I thought it was cool. And this shot was really cool. And then Brandon, but even you get it. I mean, like you're, <laughs> like you're having a hard time following it. Like understandably, it's like, it's not an easy thing to follow the way they're doing it. And like, it's, I don't know. It's like you, like we both said, visually very stunning. And I almost just want to put it on in the background and turn the audio off and just like have it as like background, like a, <laughs> a mural or something like that, just on my TV. Also, real quick, speaking of like visually stunning, this is kind of the opposite. Like when they were doing the slow motion of Galadriel on the horse for like 10 minutes, did oh, that feel uh-huh. weird? That was like super weird. Like it felt like they were trying really hard to be like, oh, look at the cinematography. And it just was like, just weird. Huh. I didn't really get that. I mean, I guess thinking back on it, it was a while, but I think it was, I I could see, yeah, I could definitely see why you say that. Cause it was very like, you know, slow motion horse, slow motion person, slow motion hair, a slow motion dress. You know, it was um, like, and it I think from a filmmaker perspective, you could, well, you could say like, this is, uh, it's kind of trying to bring us along into Galadriel feeling like this is truly uh, her feeling free and her kind of letting go. Cause this whole time she's been very like, uh, I don't know, I have a purpose and I need to accomplish this and I need to kill all the orcs in the whole entire world. And um, she's doing a bad job at that. Like she was so confrontational for literally no reason the entire time she was in Numenor, like threatening to like kill the queen. Like, how is that going to get you to your, your objective? Like, well, I like, think how that's, is- that's part of her character is being like, she's young and she's kind of reckless. And it's like, you are not helping me accomplish my goals. So you need to get out of the way kind of, kind of thing. I it, it's I'm gonna sound like a purist saying this, but it's like it's such a deviation from her character in the books. Like she's supposed to be this like super intuitive and wise person, and it's just really sad because like that's a more interesting person. She's not re- like she, what's the word? She's not uh, relatable. Is not the right word. She's not. Um, I think Kyle used it in the last word charismatic um she's not charismatic she's not fun to watch um and which is just i don't know why they changed that you know i mean she's not very i would say she's not very charismatic in the movies like they show up she tells the group hey you guys suck like it's just it's just kind of what i'm remembering is like yeah she gives frodo some gifts and stuff and that's nice but also you can tell there's like a very big tension and she's like i need to keep the elves safe and and then she does that weird like if i had the ring i would do all this stuff and that's why you can't give it to me and she you know she starts glowing and is scary so (laughs) i don't know and i would say also like Maybe that's the point is to emphasize that she's young and she's not wise yet. And she needs to learn that. And well, she's thousands she of years old at this point. So yeah, but she's in the span of an elf's life cycle. She's a, a young adult. 
Yeah, I I don't disagree that she's a young adult compared to like elves, but that doesn't mean that they that they mature much slower than like we would mature. I don't know. I'm just saying that Galadriel in the movies uh, is a lot older than Galadriel pr- in the show. Yeah, but like I was saying, it's just from the like I said, I, I know I'm going to sound like a purist from the source material. That's kind of how like her entire character. Um, so it's I don't know. It's not enjoyable to watch her on screen. If I'm being honest. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, I'm interested. I feel like I think it's she's it, it's just you know it's interesting and she's kind of cool and she does cool uh, flips and fighty stuff. Yeah. So sure. Yeah, but well. I could talk a lot about this, and I know we we barely scratched the surface of like what that episode was about. We didn't even talk about discount Aragorn or um, any of the things with the elves and the orcs getting caught and them showing potentially Sauron um, in uh, at the very end, but we got to wrap things up. Yeah. So last episode, Kyle and I did Sir Kristen Cole. If you'll be alive by the end of the season, what do you think? I... I'm going to say he's not. I think something's going to, like, Rhaenyra's going to ascend the throne, and then there's going to be some kind of attempt on her life or something, and he's going to step in the way, and she's going to be like, oh, my love. Even though I don't know if they really love each other, but um, yeah, I think it's, I think he's going to die. Yeah. Kyle and I both said he's going to live. I don't know. I feel like he might die after this episode. It is. It's kind of 50-50, I think. Yeah, I'm going to stick with my gut, but let's end this episode by uh, saying if we think uh, Hightower is going to be alive by the end of the season and your name. Great. My name is Davis. I think Sir Otto Hightower... uh, I think he's going to be alive. My name is Brandon, and I also think he's going to be alive. All right. Good talking with you. And you as well. Take care. Till next time. See you later.